trying to nail jello to the wall to write down a plan of what what things are going to look like because it's just so busy right now and it's not a matter of not being disciplined to sit down and plan it's literally i cannot figure out what's going to happen next hi i'm shelby i'm macaulay and i'm clary and this is make space to thrive we're passionate about helping women craft intentional lifestyles that empower them to achieve their most life-giving goals so grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show So this is our first episode, and we wanted to give our why behind starting this podcast. The three of us own a planner business that we started together, and we have found that women feel all this pressure around planning, like they need to become some type of planner superwoman in order to craft an intentional lifestyle. But every time the three of us get together, we have these great conversations about planning, about what works and what doesn't for each of us, about how we approach things differently or how we have found the same thing to work in again and again. And we have taught each other so much. We recently had a woman who uses our planner call our approach self-compassionate planning. And that resonated so much with how we approach planning that we wanted to bring the conversations that we were already having with each other into a public space so that um, those listening can hear how we do things and use what works for them. So before we jump into all this good content for today, we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Macaulay Nelson. I live in Alabama with my curly-headed man named Philip. He's my husband. We have four littles, Aria, who is five, um, our son Pip, who is three, another little girl named Tempe, who is two, and then Nancy, who is three months old. Hashtag crazy baby lady. <laughs> um, our days are basically spent loving on babies, dancing in the kitchen, and I love to make things. So, And I'm Clary, and I live with my husband, Mark. We live just outside of Atlanta, and we have three little boys. We have Marcus, who is four, and Casper, who is two, and Stellan, who is also three months old. And we have a lot of fun with our boy crew, and our house is very loud most of the time. And when it's not loud, my favorite thing to do is read. And I'm Shelby. I work at home with my husband, Kyle. We have two kiddos, Elizabeth, who is five, and David, who is two. And we spend a lot of our time doing little homeschooling adventures and reading together and just really enjoying being home together. So before we jump into exactly what we're going to talk about today, which is our four rules of planning, I wanted to give some context as to why we came up with these four rules. It's very similar to why we even decided to start this podcast, which is that we found that people tend to get a planner and feel like they suddenly have to completely change and overhaul their life. And this is so completely unhelpful. (laughs) Um, We did not create a planner in order to hijack anyone's life. And um, we actually created it because we wanted women to have the tools that they needed for intentional living in the way that they wanted to do it. We wanted it to be this adaptable, versatile tool. And so that's really where these four rules of planning came from, is to give you a starting point for when you're getting a new planner or you're in a season where you feel like you just kind of need to start with a fresh start, would just come back to these four rules of this is how to approach planning. So the four rules of planning that we like to go by are, number one, write down what you did. Number two, build a repertoire of planning skills. Number three, train your subconscious. 
Number four, maintain a flexible mindset. We'll be going into diving into the first two of these tips of planning, starting with number one, writing down what you did. We have found this to be a breakthrough in our ability to build sustainable and achievable rhythms. And this is as simple as at the end of the day, when um, the kids are asleep or whenever you have a moment to yourself, just writing down what happened that day, um, when you cooked meals, when you folded laundry, when you put the kids down to sleep, anything that you can remember of the day, just write it down. We like to do it in our time blocker in the Evergreen Planner. There's plenty of room there. And when you write down all of the different things that you've spent your time on, you're, you be begin to develop a rhythm or see the consistencies that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. You can tell where your time is spent. You can gauge what's realistic for you to um, accomplish in whatever season of life you're in. You can spot the areas where you could use some more discipline because we all have them. We all have <laughs> times that we need to be a little bit more disciplined. You can note the days or hours you tend to run errands or plan appointments or take care of home tasks. You can chart out natural rhythms for you and your family, the things that you already operate in, and you can get an idea for where your margin may be, where your extra downtime is, or where you can put some hustle time. This is similar to the concept of writing down your done list or ta-da list. Um, this is something you may hear a lot in the planning sphere, but it helps you to shed all of that guilt of feeling like, hey, I wrote down this large to-do list and I didn't get but maybe two things done, maybe none of it finished, but we all know that we are aiming to be productive people. We are aiming to be God-pleasing women. And so we're not wasting our lives every day. I have full confidence that you are spending your time usefully, but how are you doing it? And do you remember how you're spending your days? This helps you to evaluate exactly how each moment is spent. And then it's as simple as reorganizing, shuffling details around to make a consistent rhythm that you can depend on and that your family can thrive from. And so one of the things that is so helpful is that you can see both what is working and what is not working so that you can keep what is. You know, it's so easy to just, when you're reflecting on a season, to think nothing is working, but that is rarely true. There are things that are working. You just don't think about them because they are working. <laughs> and so writing down what you did helps you to honor what is working and slowly, incrementally build the change for the things that you need to change. And that takes us into our second rule, which is to build your repertoire of planning skills. Um, and this is where just you can learn so much from so many different people, and it's a really fun rule. So we're going to just dive into it. Each year or month or week, you will utilize a lot of different planning skills. Some you may use a lot, some you may only use occasionally. And if you're just getting started, it is overwhelming to try to learn how to pick targets and time block and create a morning and evening rhythm and utilize journaling prompts and try to plan for long-term goals. <laughs> Woo, just listing it all will make you want to give up. And that's why we recommend thinking about it like cooking. <laughs> yes. So we were talking the other day and we were trying to figure out how do we articulate this thing that we all do, which is again, to build this repertoire of, of skills. And it's like, how do we articulate the exact way we do it? Because we're pulling together these things that we're learning about productivity and planning and how to be very efficient and effective. 
And they're all very, very helpful. But as we're talking, we're all realizing that, you know, I might be having a really strong morning morning rhythm right now. And that's really helping me. And Macaulay might be really rocking the flexibility around all of her naps changing, all of her nap times changing and needing to be flexible with her hustle. And, and Clary might be Uh, really focusing on mapping out her week. And we're all doing these different things and we're using specific planning skills and productivity skills that are supporting us in our very specific context that we're in right now. And it's very interesting because we will all attest to, just even in our planner, not all using every single feature of our planner to this exact same degree every single day. Um, There are some days when I don't time block at all. And I maybe just write down my top targets and remind myself of my seasonal goals, but time blocking doesn't make sense for that day. Um, There are days or weeks where we might not use our week grid because the week is very much a, a slow and relaxing week. And we're not going to be planning it all out because we want to leave room for going to the park spontaneously if we want to, or just 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 relaxing with our family. Um, Or even when things are really busy, and we cannot nail down, it's like trying to nail jello to the wall to write down a plan of what what things are going to look like, because it's just so busy right now. And it's not a matter of not being disciplined to sit down and plan. It's literally I cannot figure out what's going to happen next. And those times too, there are definitely aspects of our planner that we use for, you know, writing down what we did and recording things. But there are also, um, you know, parts of our planner that just stay blank during those times as we're just taking time to evaluate and understand where we are in our life right now. And so we, when we were discussing this, we came up with this analogy of cooking. It's, it's like when you are in the kitchen and you are cooking a meal, you have this large repertoire of cooking skills. You know how to boil water, you know how to make a roux, you know how to um, bake crust, you know how to make mashed potatoes, you know how to make your eggs do exactly what you need them to in a recipe. But you don't necessarily need to use every single one of of your cooking skills every time you make a meal. In fact, if you try to make yourself use every single cooking skill that you have, it would be really weird and overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, it's not so let's just start with it being overwhelming. And this happens so often in the productivity and planning space, you have a problem in your life, you have something that you know, that if I could just manage my time a little bit better, I think that I could tackle this problem better. Okay, that's great. So you go to the time management gurus, and you say, what do I do? And they're like, okay, So sit down, let's lay your whole life out (laughs) and let's change all of it. (laughs) You need to start from the very beginning. You need to start with an evening rhythm and a morning rhythm. And honestly, I've been guilty of this in giving other people time management advice before because that's the time management culture that we have. Instead of looking, zooming in and saying, what's the particular thing that we would really like to adjust? Just like we would say, what is the particular recipe that we're going to use right now? There's no reason to demand of ourselves to know more about how we want to approach things than we do already know, just like we it would be unreasonable for us to expect ourselves to be able to host Thanksgiving dinner the first time that we learn how to boil water. We have to take time to gain skills 
from experience. And the same applies for planning and productivity. And again, it's just not appropriate to expect yourself, even if you're a planning pro, even if you're a sous chef, you would not expect yourself to use every single skill that you have every time you walk into the kitchen or every time you sit down at your planner. And one of the other ways that I just think it's so fun, if we were to take this analogy a bit far, perhaps, is even having grace for how you learn. And so if you think about someone who is in culinary school, they are going to learn so much about cooking so quickly. However, if you are someone who's at home, who's doing other things, in addition to learning how to cook, it's going to take you a lot slower. And both of those are appropriate situations. And so it goes right back into planning. If you have tons of time on your hand, if you have a job that allows it, if you have, you know, scheduled childcare, and you've got lots of space, you will pick up planning skills so quickly, and will be able to use them so effectively. And perhaps, but perhaps you're in a season where you just can't commit that much time to learning these skills, then just do what you can take it slowly and honor the season you're in by learning what you can each day, applying what is helpful, just like you would if you were just learning to cook, um, you know, at home, just in your day to day. And I just wanted to reiterate the fact that we came up with these four different tips so that we could completely shake that guilt that we have, that we put on ourselves or that planning culture puts on us when we're trying to go throughout our days. We have such abundant lives and they're so filled with so many joys and pressures and um, hardships as well as just busy tasks, mundane, so many things. But there's no reason why you should have an abundance of guilt or a nagging feeling of burden just from your planning or how you think you're supposed to run your day because you're trying to model it like some other person who is giving advice. We really want to help you cultivate a life that um, that helps you specifically thrive. We want your lifestyle to be completely conformed to how you like to live and how you can be productive in the life that God has given you. Yeah, with the person that you are, Mm because we're all different. Um, So in the next episode, we're going to be diving into rules number three and number four, which are to train your subconscious and to maintain a flexible mindset. But if you are just wanting one takeaway from this, you're like, okay, I just need one thing that I can do right now. Just go back to the first rule. Write down what you did. Don't skip over this. It seems so simple. But being able to record, this is how my life is going right now, gives you so much insight. It's a powerful practice and the rules build off each other. And so starting with number one will go a long way in helping you move towards crafting that more intentional lifestyle. So like I said, we're going to be diving into three and four on our next episode. And you may be surprised at how these next two rules can simultaneously take so much of the pressure off of kind of how you plan while also propelling you towards your biggest goals. Thanks so much for listening to our first podcast. We're so excited to start this journey with you all. You can find us at evergreenplanner.com and we're also active on Instagram at evergreenplanner. 